The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, and he went up into the hills and sat down there. And great crowds came to him, bringing with them the lame, the maimed, the blind, the dumb, and many others. And they put them at his feet, and he healed them, so that the throng wondered when they saw the dumb speaking, the maimed whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat, and I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where are we going to get bread enough in the desert to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves have you? They said, Seven, and a few small fish. And commanding the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. The Gospel of the Lord. So today's scene, this feeding or this multiplication of food for the people, this is the second time in Matthew's Gospel that the Lord works a similar miracle. So he's already fed the 5,000, and this is now the feeding of the 4,000. And the church uh, gives us the feeding of the 4,000, but connected with all of the uh, healings that happened just before it as well. So in a certain sense, bringing uh, the, all of these miracles together as one mystery or as one particular sign uh, regarding Christ himself. And I was reading a few uh, commentaries yesterday, which I thought were quite interesting. So what they were pointing out is that what Matthew seems to be doing is that he is um, taking our minds back through the way in which he recounts this story that we should be drawing all of these parallels with what happened in Exodus, specifically as it is recounted in Numbers in the Old Testament. And so what we see here is that as it begins, it says, Jesus passed along the sea, and he went up into the hills, and he sat down there. Or he went up into the mountain, and he sat down there. And so you have this passing by the sea, then also through the plain, and then up the mountain, and then where he sits down, and the people gather to him. And so if you read in the book of Numbers, um, those are all of the activities of the Exodus, basically. It's how God leads his people uh, through the sea, not past the sea, but through the sea, but then also with the purpose of taking them up the mountain. And the mountain is there where they then uh, encounter God and where they receive all of the instruction for worship. And then that begins their kind of movement out into the wilderness, where then what God will do with his people is he will feed his people. And so what we see here is the Lord doing the same thing in terms of the fulfillment now in Christ as the Lord leads his people past the sea and they go up the mountain and the people gather to him and then he will also feed his people. So he is showing here um, that the Lord is the fulfillment of what we saw in terms of Moses. And so the Lord is working these miracles. He is what the people have hoped for. 
And what we see also in the book of Numbers is that the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God in the midst of his people, is that which leads the people. So in the book of Numbers it says, and the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of the people, and the purpose that would happen, it says, it would go ahead of the people so that it would find a place of rest for them. So that wherever the Ark of the Covenant would stop, that's where the people would stop and they would gather. And so whenever the Ark of the Covenant would start moving, whenever it would, uh, it would move to a new location, um, as soon as it would start moving, Moses would cry out. He would say, Arise, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered. Let all who hate thee flee before thee. And so it was this power of the Lord who was in the presence of his people. And in that, all of the enemies would be scat scattered. And the Ark of the Covenant would become this guiding uh, presence of God for his people. And so then what would happen is as soon as the Ark of the Covenant would stop anywhere, that was then the place of rest for God's people, and they would all, all the thousands of people, would gather around the Ark of the Covenant. Now if you look in the book of Numbers, what happens, which is slightly different, is that in the book of Numbers, when the people gathered around the Ark of the Covenant, they started to complain, but their complaints were very superficial. They were complaining because they didn't like the food that God was giving them. They didn't like the food that they were receiving from God, and so God's anger flares up against his people. The difference here, what we see in Christ and this fulfillment, is that when the people gather to him, um, their complaints are not superficial complaints. They have serious sufferings that they are bringing to the Lord. They have all of these ailments of the body that they now bring to the feet of God himself, and the Lord in his mercy, he pours out his mercy upon them and he pours out his healing. And so at the feet of Christ then becomes the fountain of healing and restoration. And so we see this beautiful fulfillment of God who has now led his people in the wilderness up the mountain. Christ then sits down and the same thing that happened with the Ark of the Covenant happens now to Christ. All of the people gather to the presence of God, God himself in their midst and they bring all of their ailments, all of their sicknesses, everything to his feet. And then what happens is his mercy pours out upon them and he heals them. And what the Lord is showing here is what he desires to do through his church and through his sacraments, that the Lord will remain present to his people in the Blessed Sacrament. And so the Blessed Sacrament becomes this source and fountain of healing, which is why we call it the source and summit of our faith, it's why the Catechism also says that it is the most blessed sacrament because it is the sacrament from which all of the other sacraments receive their power and towards which all of the other sacraments of, are oriented because this is Jesus himself. And so this becomes the gathering point of all of his people is the presence of Christ where he has placed himself and seated himself. And so what happens is we know throughout scripture is that the mountain always represents the place where heaven touches earth, and so that is then perfectly fulfilled in the humanity of Christ, in his human nature, where heaven and earth are combined, and that point of contact, that mountain for us, if you will, the mountain of healing, which it speaks about in the first reading for today, the mountain of the Lord of hosts, where there will be this beautiful feast for God's people, that now becomes the human nature of Christ, which is the mountain of the Lord of hosts which becomes the feast for God's people in terms of miracles of healing and grace, in terms of being fed by his love and by his presence, but also by being fed by him. God himself becomes the banquet of his people. And so we are those who now gather to Christ, who has led us through the exodus of his 
passion, his death, and his resurrection. He has led us through the sea of baptism so that we have received grace. And now he sits down in a certain sense here present in our midst. And this is then the gathering principle of his people. It is the presence of Jesus Christ present to us in the Blessed Sacrament. And then this mysteriously also becomes not only our point of gathering, but also the way in which God feeds his people from his mercy. The Lord says, just to close, he says in the gospel today, I do not, I am unwilling to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. What you see in that is this beautiful mercy of Christ, which is that he is unwilling to send us away hungry. So whenever we come to the presence of Christ, we can trust in that promise that he has made to his people, that he is unwilling to send us away hungry. So any hunger that we bring in terms of our afflictions, our interior trials, our difficulties, we bring all of those in a certain sense hungry to Christ. And the Lord who is merciful, he does not wish to send us away hungry. He is unwilling to send us away hungry. He wants to feed us. And so he feeds us with an answers to our prayers. He feeds us with his love, but most especially he feeds us in the wilderness with himself and his presence. And he becomes then the bread that sustains us on the way. He becomes the nourishment that sustains us on the way. He becomes the one that then leads us and protects us on the way. Amen.